0: Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now, here's your host, Steve Schultz.
1: Hey, well, happy Tuesday, December 12, 2023. And welcome to the broadcast. I'm very excited today. We have um, uh, Marzi, let's see if I can say her name, Amira Zadeh. She's an Iranian uh, Christian now, but she wasn't when the story began. And. Uh, She's now immigrated to the United States, but we'll tell you all that story. It's a fascinating story. Um, she's quite the evangelist. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a few moments, but um, that will bring Marzi on. But uh, quick reminder, let's see, who do we have? We have Fernando. We're only going to say his first name. He is a rescuer of children. I think he maybe rescues adults as well, but he's not one that... Uh, you know, we support a lot of ministries that take care of rescued children, which is very important. That's what we do the most of. But now here is Fernando, who is actually doing the rescuing. So that will be on tomorrow. We actually tape him this afternoon uh, and with one of our Prophets and Patriots uh, episodes, um, as this one is as well. So uh, other than that, we're going to bring Marzia in a few moments, but let's go ahead and run a quick spot so you'll be reminded of the of the wells that you're helping to dig. So here we go with that.
0: We want to share with you what your donations are doing. This is Florence's story.
2: Initially, the leader of the village wanted a water source because he saw the need in the community. And when he reached out to us, she was one of the places that We visited her area, and when we checked the place, there was no water that you could be able to drill a water source, a water well. And so she believed that the water well will be in this area. But with the surveyors, after checking everything, like, there was no way. And she said, no, that water well is going to be in this place. So she took a step of faith and she was listening to a pastor and as the pastor was sharing he mentioned something and said if there is something that the enemy has taken away from you it is a point to claim it back and so she decided to hold the dart from the ground and claimed the water well in that exact spot after the surveyors had moved around the whole village and the Shomasi team they definitely came back the exact same spot and that is what the lord does she took a step of faith and now the community is being blessed by the water well that is in this area lives are being changed A number of people have given their lives to Christ exactly at this spot. She is a living like testimony. The water source is just exactly in the town center and everyone can come and drink from this very source. Clean, safe, and also receive Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, (laughs) so thank you so much.
0: Together, we can continue to bring clean water to those in need. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate.
1: And thank you for remembering these wells. We appreciate it very much. These are in the final days of the year when when people try to remember to, to donate to get their tax benefits by donating before the 31st. So we thank you for keeping us in mind at the same time. All right, it's time to do our episode of Prophets and Patriots with uh, Marzi. So here we go with Marzi. Marzi Amirzade, is that about right?
3: Yes, that's correct.
1: That's pretty good. I practiced that a couple of times to get it, to get it right. Nice to have you now. For those of you who, who maybe missed out on the introduction, I watched uh, Marzi on a CBN interview. Was that done in April? Is that when that, that interview was?
3: Yes, it was in April that I traveled uh, to Israel.
1: It was, and, and I thought, because you started right off but uh, to tell the story, but before that, he asked you basically what you were doing in in Jerusalem, and so um, before we even get to the story, talk about what you were doing in Jerusalem, and what do you think about the city? Now, and I know you were raised where the Jews were hated, so talk about that for a few moments.
3: Yes, as you said, I I grew up in Iran, um, that everybody knows is uh, Islamic Republic is ruled by Islamic Republic government. And the only access that you have is uh, Sharia law and Islamic rules. And as you mentioned, they from uh, childhood, they brainwash children uh, against Mm. Israel, against America, Uh, especially they uh, spread anti-Semitism and try to plant hate in the hearts and minds of people against Jews. So um, I I was lucky. I grew up in a family that uh, my parents uh, never hated anyone. And before the revolution, they had uh, Western friends uh, because Western people can travel to Iran and they always uh, shared good stories because one of uh, their neighbors was uh, uh, from uh, western countries and my father, uh, father's relatives uh, lived in America and uh, one of them married an American woman and I always heard good news and I wanted to visit uh, America but imagine um, Growing up in that country, as you mentioned, they um, brainwash indoctrinate kids, Mm. Uh, and I didn't know anything about uh, Jews and Israel until I became a Christian more than 20 years ago, and uh, by reading Bible and. Uh, I started learning about Christianity, about the history of, um, you know, the true history of Iran and the friendship and love uh, between uh, Jews and uh, Persians. So uh, since then, I always wanted to visit Israel. And that was a dream. And I moved to America in 2011. And in 2016, I became a proud American, and I always wanted to visit Israel. But I, since this country is so precious to me because of my faith in Jesus, I didn't want just to buy a ticket and travel. So I waited for for God's signal, and finally He showed me His signal, and I traveled uh, in April.
1: Nice, nice. And then we had a picture of you at the w- uh, Wailing Wall. I know. Is there? Go ahead and show that. That was. Uh, what was that like? You know, I th- I've been to that same wall too. Of course, I was probably on the men's side, and you're on the women's side. If they, I don't know if they still separate those two sides, but um, but yeah, what do you what do you think about that?
3: Oh, that was an amazing day. I never forget that. And uh, I one of my friends uh, traveled with me, and she was uh, there uh, a day before me, and she picked me in the airport, and uh, I asked her to take me to the West Wall, and we immediate, immediately went there, I even wow. though I was so exhausted, but I wanted to visit the wall and pray there. And uh, you know, for those of you who traveled to Israel, you know that um, uh, how special is this country,
1: yeah. and you can
3: feel uh, the spirit of God, the strong spirit of God there. And I, I was honored to with it Israel.
1: Well, it's so good to have you and I uh, let me just ask you to start right off and and tell us uh, there was a time when you didn't know anything about Christianity, I guess, and then so what what changed? Tell your story about how you came to the Lord.
3: Yeah, as I mentioned in Iran, uh, because of the Islamic Republic regime, you don't have access to any other religion and any other information. So I but from my childhood, I was very curious to find the truth. I wanted to have a relationship with God. And at schools, um, they all uh, taught about taught us about hate about um, mm. a God that is um, is ready to punish you immediately. And they would describe different kinds of tortures to uh, little students that if you disobey the Islamic rules, uh, this God is going to torture you. Oh, and yeah. funny that the the tortures uh, was. Uh, worse than, uh, for women than men. And um, they always pushed us to follow the Islamic rules. But as a child, I always had many questions that um, why I have to, for example, to pray God in Arabic, which is not my language. My language is Farsi. If I I talk to him in my uh, native language, Farsi, this powerful God, is not able to hear me, that's ridiculous. Why I have to um, cover myself. I mean, um, because um, Muslims uh, have to pray Namos five times a day, bend in front of God, and keep repeating Arabic words. And I had that question, why I have to cover myself in front of the God who created me. Why I have to just talk to him at specific times a day. If I talk to him another time, he won't listen to me. And I would ask these questions at school in my theology classes, uh, which made uh, most of my teachers mad at me. And they always told me, you should uh, not ask questions and you should just obey the Islamic rules. So I thought since I was thirsty to know God, and I decided to obey the Islamic rules to practice Islam. And for two years, uh, I started praying namaz, and which is Islamic prayer and reading Quran, uh, which was good uh, because it opened my eyes to Islam to understand Islam better. Um, But after a while I became tired and I realized that I'm just keep practicing uh, the Islamic rules. There is no change in my relationship uh, Mm. And it was the first time that God spoke to me uh, when I was about um, uh, 17 to 18 years old uh, through a white horse. And in that dream, I was uh, praying to the sky and suddenly the sky opened and a white horse came down. And they started talking to me. The horse uh, told me to sit on my back. And then the horse took me to a city where a Muslim, radical Muslim, were practicing the Islamic rules and uh, famous ceremonies among Muslims. They were sacrificing sheep uh, for their faith and So I I was seeing all those things and suddenly God opened my eyes and he showed me their true faces and all of them turned to savage features. And as soon as I saw their true faces, They saw me on top of that horse. Before that, they couldn't see me. And they started attacking me to take me off to kill me. So the horses started running to save me from those savage creatures. And I remember I held its neck like this. And while he was running, and suddenly an amazing love that I never experienced in my life was pouring from that horse to me. And it was shocking. When I awoke, I could not describe that love to anyone. I couldn't compare it with any love in this world. That's why I always tell people, if you know how much God loves you, it makes you insane. So I was like that. For weeks, I was was praying and I wanted to die. I wanted to go to him and experience that love again and again.
1: You wanted to die so that you could go to him? Is that what you meant?
3: I wanted, mm-hmm. I, it wasn't like that I I was tired of my life and I wanted to die. I wanted that love again and again because yeah. it was so powerful it was so amazing and I didn't want to live on the earth so I, in that dream imagine I had no idea about Jesus it was just God that revealed his love to me and also he revealed a true face of Islam to me and after that I decided not to practice the Islamic um, rules anymore and just talk to him as my father a relationship between a father and child and sometimes i would write letters to him keep talking to him until A day that one of my friends who has converted to Christianity talked to me for the first time about Jesus, that Jesus is the son of God, our God, who died on the cross for our sins to save us from our sins. And imagine for someone like me growing up in that country, it was shocking. I couldn't believe because uh, all they taught us at school about Jesus was Jesus was a prophet, nothing more. So... But since I was so curious, I I got the Bible and I started reading to to learn more about Christianity and Jesus. Um, But still, I was confused. I wasn't sure, okay, I told myself, how should I know that Jesus is the truth? Maybe there are other religions in this world that I have no idea about them. Uh, Maybe they are the truth. So uh, one day I just got tired and I thought if... This God who created this amazing word can hear me. So I'm going to pray and ask him to show me the right path. And I told him, I just knelt and I did a simple prayer in my room. And I told him, God, if you are my God, you should guide me to the right path and save me from being misguided because I don't know what is the truth in this word. And it was after that um, I um other dreams and visions came to me I Uh, miracles started happening Um, unfortunately we don't have time I can't share all the details but I I encourage people to uh, read uh, my books especially A Love Journey with God uh, that I shared all the details of my testimony and my journey with Jesus my uh, recent book A Love Journey with God which is is my whole uh, story my journey with Jesus and it's not just about my journey with Jesus I try to share my experience living under the harsh dictates of uh, uh, Islamic rules, in order to educate people about Islam as well, uh, and also I shared uh, all my uh, dreams and visions uh, in my uh, in this book. And uh, for example, uh, my dream uh, with the white horse—it uh, wasn't and. Um, When I was uh, 17, every couple of years, the same white horse comes to my dreams with a new message I shared in that book. And it's interesting why God um, sometimes uh, talks to me through that white horse. And it's very interesting that whenever I see him in my dream, uh, we both recognize each other. And there's a strong bond
1: between us. Yeah, you, uh, we're going to go further into that story, but... Were you a dreamer even before this white horse dream that you just shared? So this was the beginning then when you gave me that dream. That was the
3: beginning. And uh, God decided to talk to me uh, through my dreams. Sometimes Americans ask me why, for example, why we don't have that many dreams in America. And I tell them that, hey, in a country like Iran, that you can't find Bible in any bookstores. You can't go to a church. But um, no one can stop God. God has different ways to approach people, and dreams and visions uh, is one of the ways that God speaks to us. But it's not the only way, and it doesn't make me special since He talks to me uh, through my dreams. Uh, There are.
1: Is it? Is it? You know, we've been. I've been hearing for years, actually, that God was appearing to Muslims. 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 those practicing Islam in their dreams. And we keep hearing stories of it. Do you know others, Iranians who got, who came to know the Lord because of dreams or were yeah. you? Yeah,
3: I heard yeah. a lot um, when I was evangelizing Iranian people. Some of them, for example, uh, shared with us that um, they had a dream about Jesus. I can share uh, some of those stories. I share some of them in both my books, uh, Captive yeah. in Iran and I Love Journey with God.
1: Yeah. If go ahead, and, if do you have one, a favorite where uh, other than yourself, someone had a dream and came to know the Lord.
3: Excuse me. Could you please? Was there?
1: Do you have a friend who came to know the Lord through a dream as well? Is there anyone you know? Uh,
3: right now, I don't uh, remember, but uh, I'm sure okay. the, there are many who
1: okay.
3: have the, the same experience.
1: Yeah. Now, yeah. okay. So somewhere along the line, I don't know how long it took from that time when you became a Christian? Uh, and did we cover that with your friend sharing that? I want to make sure you hit that before we go on to the
3: No, still, I haven't finished uh, 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 the most important part. I would like to share that, uh, as I mentioned, uh, dreams, I had more dreams, visions, and miracles happened. I had the experience of healing. I shared all those details in my book. Uh, But the day that really changed my life was a day because I began to believe in Jesus because of all those dreams uh, and miracles. But still, I had some doubts about some parts in Bible, like about the Holy Spirit, I could not understand it. So one day, again, I prayed and I told him, I do not want to have any doubts about you. What is this? What is that? And while I was talking to him, uh, I received the flames of the Holy Spirit. The fire of God came upon me and my hand Mm -hmm. raised up like this and I started praying uh, Mm -hmm. in the languages that I never learned and i could hear my voice the um the control of my mouth i couldn't control my mouth and um even though the languages that i was praying, uh, i didn't know but i could understand uh, what i was telling really and it really. was amazing that the first time i could feel the press presence of God all over me. And suddenly, while I was um, worshiping him, suddenly for a few seconds, God gave me a vision. I saw Jesus in white clothes right in front of me. And beside him, there was a big throne made of gold and jewels. I could not believe my eyes. I was just crying and I felt that God removed the curtain before my eyes. So I could see the truth very clear. And I felt uh, in the middle of my forehead, I felt it was burning like fire. I felt that someone had stamped me, put the stamp in
0: my forehead. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And it took hours it was from late at night until
3: er early hours in the morning and I could not stop my mouth Uh, my jaw was in pain but I really enjoyed that um, relationship with God and when it stopped I could not uh, believe that how amazingly God allowed me to to see him and to experience uh, his power. And since then, I dedicated my whole life to Jesus.
1: That's wonderful, and that's really interesting you talk about your jaw was in pain. It makes me think of when I was in the process of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, my hands were up like this, and for a long time, and I was in such pain, <laughs> and I'm oh. thinking, what well, if you're gonna <laughs> baptize me, why, why allow this pain? But it is what it is, and it's an interesting part of the story. Um, and I love that and that you're now and you're a vision now you have visions and dreams mm-hmm. all the time it sounds like
3: yeah um there are different I have different uh, visions one of uh, uh, one way it's through the white horse that god i uh, give me some messages sometimes he directly talks to me I hear uh, father God's voice uh, with one message to me and sometimes he give me uh, dreams that i I uh, don't understand at that time uh, the meaning of that. And uh, there is an um, interpretation that I have to pray and ask God to reveal to me. And sometimes it shows me about the government, about some of the leaders and different things that I shared some of them in my book, A Love Journey with God.
1: Now, along the way, you're starting to want to minister to your people and you got in some trouble. Tell us that tell us that story.
3: Yeah, I imagine uh, when you experience the love of God, uh, nothing is matter to you
0: uh,
3: except his love. And I was so in love because I experienced his love first. And that's why I started sharing my faith with everyone uh, in my friends, my family members and at my work. And uh, since I was so thirsty to learn more about Christianity, one of my pastors recommended me to go outside Iran to go to Turkey and get involved with a Christian ministry. And I traveled there and it was there that I met my best friend, Maryam Rostampur, and uh, we both had the same passion about our faith and after finishing some theology leadership uh, courses in Turkey we decided to return to Iran because we wanted to give this message to our people. We knew that how much Iranian are thirsty to find the truth. So even though it was dangerous uh, we decided to return and imagine for the first few months we were just two years we had no idea what we can do, and uh, we just prayed and we asked God to give us a vision. And especially for women, is much more difficult because Iran, Iranian women do not have um, freedom as much as men have yeah. in the country. There are many restrictions against them. So uh, we prayed, and one day God uh, showed me that Iran, like a big desert, there uh, and there is no seed. In this land and he told me first you need to scatter the seeds then i will grow all of them with the power of the holy spirit and uh, we obeyed and um we called our pastor who was in london and we asked them to send thousands of bibles to Iran for distributing and it was very difficult for them because they had to find uh print those all those bibles they had to find illegal ways we smuggled them Uh, and praise God after a few months we received it and we started our first mission. We bought a huge map of Tehran uh, and we put it on the wall because we wanted to have a a strategy, not just going outside, just Mm -hmm. wanted to cover every area in Tehran. And usually at nights, we would carry 140 New Testaments uh, in our backpack and going to different areas and putting in the in the mailboxes. And praise God, after almost a few years, uh, we distributed 20,000 uh, Bibles wow. uh, all over Tehran. We have lots of stories. We shared uh, some of them in uh, first book, Captive in Iran, that there were many times that we were so close to get arrested, but God really wanted to strengthen our faith. He wanted to show us, uh, even though it was very um, scary, but he wanted to uh, show us that he's with us. That's why I always tell people uh, when you pray, when you ask God to use us as a tool for his kingdom, you should not have any fear because it's all about him. Wow. And he can do amazing impossible things through everyone. So after finishing Tehran, we took Bibles, we decided to to take Bible to one of the most religious city in Iran, which is Om. And And it's the center of the idol laws. And also there is a big Islamic shrine there that we knew that thousands of Iranians would go there to worship God. So we thought that's the best place to plant some seed. And later we heard some stories that how people found the Bibles and it And the whole family came to Christ because God wanted to show us that how he used those Bibles. And also we had two, started two home churches and uh, every day we were talking to people whenever we went for doing outside, uh, doing our chores or eating at restaurants. uh, We would talk at those moments, we would talk to Iranian people and uh, we realized that how much Iranian are open and receptive. Um, uh, We talked, I can say we talked to thousands of Iranians in the streets, and we didn't have even one bad experience. And we realized that how much Iranians are tired of this regime, are tired of Islam. But finally, you know, some people, we don't know exactly who reported about uh, our activities, and we got arrested in 2009.
1: You got arrested. So uh, that started a process uh, you were in more than one prison. Begin to talk about uh, your prison experience now.
3: Yes. Um, uh, they first day sent us to a small jail. Uh, when I say jail, please do not uh, think about American jail. It's uh, totally different. It was like an underground dungeon. Oh, and wow. it was horrible to be in that place uh, because there was no fresh air. There was no light. And we had to sleep on a cold concrete floor, just cover ourselves uh, with wet blankets that were soaked in urine. And later we realized why, because they would lock the cell doors from eight at night until eight in the morning. And uh, some prisoners were addicted and they could not control themselves. So uh, the blankets were so smelly and wet and it was during the winter, but we had to use them to sleep on a cold concrete floor So um, they throw food at prisoners without any dishes. Um, They try to disrespect prisoners, especially us because of our faith Uh, in Islam. They believe that um, everyone who converted from Islam to any other religion is infidel and dirty. That's why their behavior with us was worse than other prisoners. We refuse to eat because we thought we are not animals. And as long as they treat us like that, uh, we, we do not eat. And uh, they uh, humiliate prisoners, like forcing us to be uh, naked right in front of their eyes for, for a body search, they would beat prisoners. And uh, it was very horrible. And imagine being in that um, situation, we were only praying for our release. We didn't want to be in that place even one more day. But later we realized that that underground dungeon, uh, they are keep arresting people and sending them uh, to that small place and usually they would keep prisoners uh, maximum three to four days and then they would take them to the court and the court would decide if they get released or they go to prison but um, they decided to keep us uh, for a long time uh, which was uh, very difficult Um, but um, the first meeting that we had with with the judge, the way that I talked to him, I uh, made him angry. And he said, I will push your case for execution. Uh, so he wanted to punish us. He kept us um, more days there, but I believe. Can I ask,
1: can I ask you this? Uh, what What did you do to make him angry? I actually heard the story. I, I don't want our viewers to miss this. What did yeah, you it say was to like- him?
3: Yeah, it was a conversation that he said that you are um, uh, you converted from Islam to Christianity, and uh, your big charge is uh, apostasy, which is punishable by death. And you're infidel, you're dirty. And I told him that I didn't consider myself a Muslim. I was seeking God. And everyone um, who born in Iran imagine they have to be a Muslim. There is no choice. The next day when you're born there, they fill the documents for you and you're a Muslim. And I also, I told him, uh, do you really believe that this is a capital crime? So if truly believe that, why you don't show it in your national TV and uh, go ahead and execute us, which made him angry to... Um, talking to him that way and he said uh of course and i will make sure that you two get executed and i said go ahead and do that and when i he gave us a piece of paper to write something i wrote to him that be careful who you are dealing with you're dealing uh, you are not against us you are against the god who is behind wow. us and be careful <laughs> about so probably all these things made him uh, angry and he decided <laughs> to keep us in that underground danger longer but I believe it was God's um, uh the purpose as well because uh, in that underground dungeon we were able to talk to like 80 women and uh, they were so hopeless and by hearing God's love they were very curious to spend time with us and uh, we were able to share the message of salvation, the good news with many prisoners there and after that uh, 14 days they uh, transferred us to Evan prison uh, which is notorious for Uh, uh, torturing uh, raping and executing many uh, innocent people and again we were witness to many um, brutality uh, many savage behaviors and they kept insulting us every day And especially us, because of our faith in Jesus, they um, isolated us. For example, uh, prisoners were allowed to use the library and some facilities inside prison to attend some classes. But um, the first day I went there to uh, attend um, those classes to see the library, uh, we have to go to the manager first and her first question was that uh, what is your uh, what what is your charge and as soon as I told her that I'm here because of my faith in Jesus she got mad at me and she shouted and she said get out of here you are infidel and dirty you have to be executed and you there is no place for you here and Honestly, it really broke my heart at that time. And I remember, um, I, even though my heart was broken, I told her, hey, you know what? I am proud of myself to be here because of the name of Jesus, not being a criminal. And I left her office and it was very interesting for nine months. We didn't have Bible with us. And I'm terrible in uh, memorizing Bible verses, but at the right time, God would remind me um, the verses of Bible that I needed. The Holy Spirit would remind me and at that time. He remind me, um, First Peter, that he says, uh, rejoice as you suffer for Christ. If you are insulted because of the name of Jesus, you are blessed. Um, But because of that, you know, um, they isolated us uh, in our cell and uh, with other prisoners. It was a public war um, and we were not allowed to go to other places. Uh, But still, uh, you know, because of our faith um, and because of, you know, respecting prisoners and uh, praying for them and again God gave me lots of visions about other prisoners that as soon as I would share uh, a miracle would happen Really? and uh, prisoners could see the difference between our faith with their faiths because they still among prisoners there were some prejudiced Muslims and they believed that uh, if you uh, compare from Islam to any other religion, you are infidel and dirty, so they called us dirty Christians for months. But praise God, um, we—I remember—it's not—it's not easy at all. You know, when you read Bible, um, Jesus tells us, "Love your enemies and yeah. pray for those who persecute you." But honestly, it's totally different when you are in actual place that every day. They are insulting you. And I remember there were many times I prayed and I told God, please do not let me to be seen by these people. Let you, let your love, let your spirit to be seen by these people. And it was amazing that how the Holy Spirit was working in both of us to show the love of God to prisoners. And because of that, because of our behaviors and um, prisoners got curious and they would come to us, ask questions about our faith. And uh, I believe we made a a revolution inside Evin Prison. We turned Evin Prison to Evin Church, um, which uh, some of our interrogators heard and they were so mad at us. And I remember one of my uh, interrogators Told me that I heard that you are talking to prisoners about your faith. You should shut your mouth. You should mm-hmm. not brain brainwash um, uh, these young people. And I told him that I believe this is uh, this is not my fault. This is your fault because you arrested us. You put us in this prison. And prisoners are curious, so they keep asking questions: uh, why we are here, and we have to explain um, um, why uh, about our faith. And also I had a big discussion with him. He said that um, uh, we will execute you if you wanted to insist on your fate. And I told told him, go ahead and hang me. I don't care. Because wow. I, I didn't come to believe in Jesus just because I one day I woke up and I decided to be a Christian. It was a journey with him. And I took that opportunity actually to share my faith with them as well. And I told them because of all these things, I believe in Jesus. So even if you cut each part of my body, you're not able to separate Jesus from me. And he said, we will cut your uh, tongue not to talk to a prisoners. And I said, even if you cut my tongue, I will use my body language to talk to to others about Jesus. Talk about
1: boldness, man. So
3: honestly, that boldness was not from me. It was the power of the Holy Spirit because in my body, I was shaking. Physically, I could fear I could feel uh, so much fear and uh, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus in Mark tells us that when you got arrested and you brought to trial, don't worry about what to say and just say whatever is given to you because it's the Holy Spirit. And I really experienced that in many situations that how Holy Spirit was working inside us, even though I had so much fear. Sometimes I would hear my voice and I would tell myself, Marcy, are you kidding you're in a big trouble, but I couldn't <laughs> control the way that I was talking to them. But God didn't want us to be uh, seen uh, weak in front of them. But he, um, then he sent me to a cell in the public ward. And after I built a friendship with prisoners, they took one of the prisoners and executed her. And that was a horrible experience. Probably they wanted to show me if you want to insist on your faith, you will face the same thing. Uh, I never forget that horrible experience. All oh, my body was frozen. My emotions were was frozen and I couldn't talk. And I was just stared at nowhere for hours. And later they executed um one of my uh, best friend that I built friendship with her and they brutally tortured her for months. Um, They would hang her and beat her with cable and the skin of um, her foot was peeled. And uh, she, um, uh, they, um, they, they did different kinds of, they hit her head to the wall many times. And as a result of that, she had, severe headaches every day and finally um, they hang her um, and the brutality was that they didn't even give her body back to her family and usually they do this to political prisoners in order to uh, bring more pain to the families of those um uh, prisoners um yeah i experienced all those brutality there are many things and um, that i experienced uh The brutality firsthand, then they uh, transferred us to another building, uh, which they called the 209. And they usually uh, do uh, keep doing interrogations, they torture and rape women there. Uh, For 40 days, they kept us in this very small cells that we could hardly move around. And we had heavy, uh, very intense interrogations, like eight hours we had to sit on a metal chair and answer to their questions. And the only voice that we could hear was the voice of other prisoners who were being tortured. They hit them to the wall. They were sobbing. They were crying. And it was like a mental torture for us because every day we expect them to come to ourselves um, for taking us for raping, for torturing, for whatever. Um, But God really protected us and because of lots of international uh, pressures on the regime, they started changing their behavior, especially many Christians all around the world. They started praying for
0: us, advocating uh, for our case. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com/slash give and become a partner today.
3: Amnesty International uh, shared our news. Hope um, from Vatican sent a letter to government on behalf of us. And later in the um in the United States, some good Christians uh, we met in the State Department. They told us that behind the scene they were working on our case and of course i believe one of the reason i'm alive today it's because of god's grace um but the second reason is because of many pressure international pressures on the regime otherwise i wouldn't be alive like many other iranians who got murdered by this evil regime
1: what was the um uh, we, i'm gonna be sensitive to your time because i know we we needed to keep this about 45 minutes today for what was the thing about they were gonna try and coax you into escaping talk about that for a moment you,
3: um to escape from iran
1: yeah to escape from the prison or something is that do i understand yeah, that story actually
3: actually they released us um after nine months uh, they okay. released us They told us still you have one more court in six months later. And it was interesting that they usually don't do this, but they give back all our documents, especially our passports that they collected our home. Uh, So they expected us to escape. Uh, because our case was different and they were keep, uh, saying that we will execute you. They sentenced us to execution by hanging. There was a big uh, fight against ayatollahs and some people in the government over our case. So if we would escape, they preferred this happen because that way they could say that they escaped. Uh, and our pastor and other, our uh, our friends uh, outside Iran, they told us, leave, don't stay. And because you have your passport, you don't have to stay for the Thank last you. court. But we prayed and we decided, no, we are not going to escape. They yeah. have to tell us that we will release you. So we went to the last court. It was a very funny court that they uh, refused to ask any questions. There were five judges in front of us. They just told us that we will release you, but next time will not be like that. They threatened us. They told us that um, your house will be monitored everywhere you go. We will follow you and you can't be um, Christians uh, in Iran. And they told us the story of Uh, two pastors that many years ago were killed by them, like Pastor Haig, Pastor Dibaj, they had the same case like us. And one of them was in prison and the other pastor advocated for him. And finally, because of the international pressures, they had to release him, but they murdered both of them after that. They wanted to say that they told us that we can't control prejudiced Muslims here. Your house may catch on fire. You may die in an accident. They wanted to tell us, okay, if you wanted to decide living here, there are other ways that we can get rid of you. So we have to leave the country.
1: And so, wow, I mean, that's unbelievable. So, so they did release you. You you got away safely, clearly, or you wouldn't be here today. But, but I'm um, I'm just I almost don't even know where to go. Except I'm just dumbfounded about how your faith stayed so strong. And both you, you're egging the judges on. You're egging the jailers on. Did, was there a moment? I seems like I saw something where you said a, uh, at least one of the jailers came and apologized to you? What was that? Yes,
3: there were some, even some guards that uh, came and apologized because of their behaviors, because they could see miracles among prisoners and prisoners would shout. They would share with each other that these Christians, as soon as they uh, pray, um, um, something happened. Unfortunately, we don't have much time, uh, but uh, I have lots of stories to share that how Jesus yeah. made uh, miracles among prisoners and turned um, the whole prison for well, us. I really want to
1: encourage people to get that book because all those stories are in there. Uh, there's you know, there are two books, Captain in Iran, and then the other one, which I you know you show. Up both i love journey with god do they go do they go to your website marcy or do they go to amazon where do they go to get the-
3: yes uh, the second book especially they can't find it on amazon it's just only through my website which is marcisjourney.com
1: there it is below yeah i can't yeah Marcy's Journey dot com. get that book so um, let, a couple quick questions that I need to let you go. You you ended up with Israel. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, you had mentioned when you were on that show that uh, about Israel who is looking at Iran and considering the option to strike Iran so that they don't get a, a nuclear bomb. What was your opinion about that? That Israel should should Israel do that or should Israel not do that in order to prevent
3: You know, what happened in October 7 was um, terrible. It was so savage that Hamas terrorists, uh, you know, that they are the proxy of uh, Islamic Republic regime. And they support uh, their proxies. It's not just Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, Houthis, uh, all around the world. They created these uh, terrorist groups, supported them, trained them to kill people. And um, for someone like me that I experienced the brutality of this regime firsthand, uh, it's very painful when I heard uh, and read the news what happened to Israeli people. And this uh, Islamic Republic regime, these people, radical Muslims, they are evil. And that's my my message to people because... um, Unfortunately, some people try to say that these people are rational, but they are not rational at all. I grew up in Iran. I know their ideology. I know how they brainwash uh, uh, people. And they strongly believe that they are the one that are going to open the path for their 12th imam to come. So that starts with annihilation of Israel. They teach uh, the map of uh, the world without the map of Israel at schools. I remember they would show series uh, to demonize um, Jewish people. So this is their goal, to annihilate Israel. And um, what happened is very painful. But um, one good thing about this is that I we see that how... Western countries and also America—that how deeply uh, these radical Muslim rooted in our countries. Like in America, they infiltrated in our politics, Mm -hmm. in our education system, in our medias, and they brainwashing our children. I try to wake up people to warn them that how much is important for um, people, especially the churches, especially Christians, to stand up with Israel. Um, Because Israel is fighting against these uh, evil people and Iranian people as well. It's very disappointing when I read the news that how Biden administration keep supporting, keep sending billions of dollars to these terrorists. First they released six billion dollars, next 10 billion dollars. Mm. And everyone knows that this money never goes to people at all. It all goes to terrorists. And the same thing happened in 2009 during a green movement. I was in, um, in prison and I was witness the brutality of the regime, how many people they got arrested. And at that time, people were keep saying the name of uh, Obama industries that are you with us or with them? And unfortunately, he shake the hands of these uh, idolaters and send billions of cash in the airplane to the regime. American needs to, need to stop supporting these terrorists and standing with Iranians because it's not people should understand that this is not just about Iran. This is not just about Israel. If we do not support Iranians to cut the head of this snake at home, we will fight it in our own home here. And it has already started. That yeah. That's me. And I wanted to warn churches to warn Christians, wake up. This is the time to wake up. And um, I wanted to tell Christians that being a Christian is not just about going to a church on Sunday and reading your Bible. They have a responsibility to stand up for our faith, for yeah. our values, And this country was built based on those great biblical values. And they are taking this away and destroying the country. And I tell people, one day you will wake up and you see that your country is taken over, your children are brainwashed, and the policymakers are those who are against you and your values. And it has already started. I'm telling them that, We will not lose our freedom in just one day. It will happen little by little, and it has already started. Look at what's happening in our schools. When I see the protests all around um, our country and also Western country, it really makes me so upset that these people have no idea about who these people are,
1: Right.
3: they blindly support something that they don't have any knowledge about it. That's why I, I encourage people, please go ahead and educate yourself. For someone Ooh. like me that I lived in Iran, I learned about the brutality of these people. I know and experience their evil nature. I know that who Israel is fighting against. So this is the responsibility of Christians and the churches all around the world to stand up with Israel. We can't repeat the history. We can't let the history to be repeated and Holocaust happened. That was so evil. And Mm. at that time, shamefully, some churches stood with Hitler. We can't Mm. wait for another 9-11 to happen in America to wake up. And um, I warn people as much as I can the, to wake them up, that this is a very important time to stand up for our values, for our freedoms, for the principles, for the Constitution.
1: So good. And then, real quick, the, 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 the church, the, the underground church, do you call it that, in, in Iran? Uh, is it considered an underground church because it's illegal to be practicing?
3: Yes, uh, we call it underground churches because um, people are not allowed to practice uh, Christianity or any other faith. That's why uh, we have, they had to gather at home just five or t- uh, maximum ten people and worshiping God. And it's very interesting that Iran has the fastest growing churches in the world. Wow. Because people, Iranians, understood who are their true enemies. And they turn their back to this regime. And I I think a big awakening happened in Iran. And I see people refuse to step on the flag of uh, Israel, on the flag of uh, America. They are educating themselves. But it breaks my heart when I see in my country, I'm a proud American, uh, American, and this is my home, that I see here. They infiltrated and people brainwashed people and people burning American flag and insulting that it's yeah. very dangerous. But yeah. Iranians are waking up and uh, praise God and they yeah. many of them are uh, interested about uh, Christianity, giving their heart to Jesus. Yeah. I strongly believe that uh, God's promise in Jeremiah forty nine is going to happen and uh, in that book, it's a promise that God will set his throne uh, in Elam, which is a big city uh, in Iran, and after destroying the kings and the rulers of Iran, and it will happen. And I wow. strongly believe that um, the millions of Iranians are, are going to give their heart to Jesus.
1: So good, so good. Uh, I, I know people are watching and they're saying, boy, I wish I had... Marzi's boldness, would you just pray for those watching that they that they could somehow gra- grab onto the boldness that God put in you? I mean, I know you give him all the credit, and I get that, but you still had to operate and obey, and so that took some actual willpower. So maybe you just pray for the people in that area, if you will.
3: If we have time, I share a little bit about this, and then yes. I can pray. Uh, honestly, that boldness is doesn't come from me, it's uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. and I yeah. always encourage people that uh, we should not have any fear and uh, to share the good news with others. We should not be ashamed of sharing our faith with others. God put me in the most dangerous country. I evangelized thousands of Iranians. I distributed 20,000 Bibles. God uh, allowed me to be in prison. I turned um, the prison to a church. God uh, allowed me to run for office in my district. I took that opportunity and shared my faith with thousands of black Americans in my district. And I promise if God led me to lead a nation, I will find ways to bring everyone to Jesus. So I wanted to tell people that uh, don't have any fear. No matter what is your job, what you do, our big responsibility is be brave to share our faith with others. So I pray in the name of Jesus that um, for whoever listening to this interview, I pray for the Holy Spirit to talk to their hearts, to those Christians who really wanted to serve the Lord. I pray that God give them this uh, boldness, not to be ashamed, not to have any fear to share their faith with others. We are getting close to the end times. I pray that God change the heart of even those uh, Muslims, radical Muslims. Yes, uh, yes. God, we we pray that you change their uh, you change their heart, you change their mind. You are powerful, God. You can change any hearts. So please use us. Use your church. Use every Christians to be bold, to share your message with others. And especially at this time that Israel is fighting against evil, I pray that you give your chosen people the victory. I pray that you save this amazing country and its people. I pray that you give peace to the family members who lost their loved ones and their loved ones still are hostage with those terrorists Please bring them back to home. Please, Father, as you said in in the Bible, in your word, that these people are the apple of your eyes. They are chosen people. We pray for their victory. We pray that you open the hearts of those who are against this great nation and they wanted to eliminate this nation. God, make them uh, to, to be perished to destroy those people who have this evil agenda against yeah. your chosen people. In yes. the name of Jesus, bless everyone who hear this message. And you, the Holy Spirit, talk to them, talk to their heart. In the name of Jesus, amen.
1: Amen, amen, amen. journey.com. Be sure and go there and support her ministry. We appreciate it so much. Thank you, Marzi. My faith is built... Uh, Uh, strongly and uh, i mean i am challenged to be to be much more bold than i am that's amazing what what a life story so god bless you thank you so much thank you so much have a great day a quick reminder that uh, tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock pacific fernando will be with us about uh, rescuing children so god bless you everybody have a great day thanks again have a great
3: day god
1: bless everyone Bye -bye. Bye bye.
0: This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at elijahstreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time at elijahstreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to elijahstreams.com/give to become a partner today.